Welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast, episode number 56, the husband episode. My name is Jesse Ellertson, and I am a certified life coach and a military wife who is in the trenches of life with each of you. This podcast is for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of deployments and frequent trainings, but want to improve the experience that they are having in the process. If you are ready to thrive while your husband is away, then you are in the right place. We're going to start out our episode today with a battle buddy moment, which is a podcast review from KMAR07. The title is amazing, and it says, I was lucky enough to have this recommended to me by Jessie, and I couldn't be more thankful for this podcast. She is motivating and supportive in the best ways. Thank you for creating this podcast, Jessie. Thank you so much for that review. Keep them coming. Okay, so like I said, today is the husband episode. So I am going to be talking a little bit about Brad. And right now he is away again, as I know so many of your husbands are. I was doing a little bit of math and adding up how this year is going. And he will be gone over six months of the year. Uh, And it's not even a deployment year. And that was just really fascinating to me because, man, I just really prefer it when he's home. But here we are. He's away again. This time it's for his civilian job. He is a pilot for SkyWest Airlines. Because we're in the National Guard, he has a military job and a civilian job. So this training is for his civilian job. And even though we're experts at this, he's he's gone a lot. So we know exactly how to do it and how to get through it. And we are getting better at it over time. We still both obviously completely prefer when he's home. But that is one thing that I've been getting clear on in my mind is I don't need him to be home. I want him to be home. And that distinction might seem subtle, but it gives me a lot of empowerment. I can just want him to be home, but I don't need him to be home to create the experience that I'm wanting to be having in my life right now. So I want to show you guys a little trick that I have started doing in the last year or so when he's away and I'm missing him so much. I used to push away thinking about him and push away how much I missed him when he was gone on his deployments because it felt painful. It felt really painful to miss him and to think about all the amazing things about him that I loved. And so my defense mechanism against that pain was to just try to not think about him. But that kind of brought up its own pain because I love him so much and I did miss him. And so trying not to think about my husband, who's away, whom I love, who I share my life with, brought up its own kind of pain. And I've decided to bring in this clean pain of missing him. A little bit like I talked about in my previous episode, clean pain and dirty pain. The clean pain of him being away, me missing him, is loving him, thinking about how much I love when he's home. The dirty pain of that circumstance is thinking he shouldn't have to be gone so much or it's too hard when he's away, or I need him here. Some of those thoughts can really bring up a lot of that dirty pain for me. So what I do now when he's away to just wrap my arms around the experience of missing him when he's gone is I brainstorm love about him. And I got this idea from Brooke Castillo, and she has an incredible episode that you need to go listen to right now. Okay, well, not right now. Once you're done listening to my episode here that you're listening to, then go listen to this one. And it's called How to Be a Good Mate. 
episode 165 on the Life Coach School podcast, and I'll link to it in the show notes. So if you're like driving around, you can't write that down. You can always go to my website, simplyresilient.net, and click on the podcast tab, and I have all the show notes from each of my episodes on there. So if I mention anything, I try to link to it in there so you can refer back to it later. Anyway, in this episode, she talks about a lot of amazing things that will stretch your brain, and you'll love it. But the she does talk about brainstorming love. And basically, you're spending time loving your husband. You are practicing loving them. It's like it's your new favorite hobby. I've talked about that before. And what's so interesting about that is I want you to notice how without trying often, one of our favorite little hobbies is to think about all the ways our husband drives us crazy or things about him that, that we're really wishing would be different. So without meaning to, you've almost made that your hobby. Maybe that's not you, but that is what my brain will do if I'm not keeping it in check. So when he's away, I don't have that problem as much because we're not interacting. We're not living together. You know, when you live with someone, you tend to notice all the little things that drive you crazy. So when he's away, it's easy for me to just think of every single amazing thing about him that I love. And when I get good at that, when he's away, then I'm better at doing it when he's home. So I want to give you a couple of examples of what brainstorming love looks like. And to start out, I have a little bit of a fun bonus for you. I just found this last night as I was preparing to record this podcast episode today. Last night, I was looking through some papers that I've saved over the years. My husband and I have been together for a long time because we met in high school in 1998. And so I found this letter that I wrote in 2002. And it's like I wrote it to him without the intention of giving it to him. It was when we were broken up and I was really missing him. And I decided to just write down every single little thing that I missed about him just for myself, not to actually give it to him because, again, at the time we were broken up. So I know I've shared it with him at this point, obviously, but I just thought this was so sweet and I love remembering 2002 Jessie. She was was awesome. 20 years ago, man, 18 years ago. Oh, love that girl. Okay, so that's what I'm going to start with is a little throwback to brainstorming love and then I'm going to do a recent one for you guys. So a lot of this is going to just be inside jokes that won't make sense to you and that's totally fine. And your brainstorms will also include, you know, probably a lot of things that won't make sense to other people or aren't for other people's ears and really they're just for yourself. But you know me, I'm a sharer and I really want to give you guys some good examples here on the podcast so you get to hear my brainstorms. Okay, my letter starts, Bradley Neal, that's his middle name. And I wrote this on June 4th, 2002. I said, you let me massage your face with my feet. We went ice skating and even though I was awful, you pulled me along beside you and kept me from falling. You flew out by yourself to San Clemente to visit me. You wrote the I Love Jesse song for me. You waited two years to kiss me. You brought me a stuffed animal from Disneyland. You bought me roses when I got knee surgery and you couldn't be there. You cried when we broke up the many times. You call me Jess. You picked wild flowers for me on the way to my house. You brought me a vase from San Francisco. You never gave up when I shut you down. You kissed me on the cheek under the rose tree at school. You took me to prom even though I lived in California. You let me sleep on you on our overnight flight to New York. You danced and frolicked like a child of the night on the beach with me. You played Peruto with my dad. You let me curl your hair in curlers and take pictures. You broke all your bad CDs at EFY. You stayed up all night with me in San Clemente to talk about our ever-filling later book. Our Sunday night talks. Playing nose tag. 
You always bear your testimony first to set an example and encourage me to follow. You kissed me on top of the Empire State Building. You watched Steel Magnolias with me. You wrestle with me and sometimes even let me win. You snuck out and stayed up all night with me the night before I moved to California. You stood up for us to your parents and friends. You ran barefoot with me in the snow on New Year's Eve. You gave me a dozen long stem red roses for my 15th birthday. You believe I am perfect. You went for midnight swims with me. You played footsies with me even when you were scared of my dad. You started wearing cologne because you knew I liked it and you even let me pick it out. You raked leaves for my dad when you ran over our mailbox. Our underwater kissing pictures. You sing to me with your guitar. You brought me roses for no reason in particular. The first note you ever wrote me you sealed on all sides with tape so no one could read it when it was being delivered to me. You were never embarrassed to show me affection in public even though I sometimes was. You always told me you loved me. These memories and many more are the things I miss about us when I'm lonely or wanting a boyfriend, but what I really miss is my best friend. I love you. Love, Jess. You guys, isn't that so sweet? Man, I know that high school love is just its own thing, but man, I love that guy as much as I knew how to love someone in high school, as much as my maturity allowed, my my emotional maturity and all of that. It's so fun to remember those times I'm so glad that I wrote that down at the time because so much of that I would have never remembered. I mean, it's just these tiny little details. Okay, so now I'm going to do a today brainstorm on love and tell you all the little things that I love about my husband today. So the first one is that he absolutely adores me. He has the highest opinion of me and just takes me with all my all my nonsense, all my good things, all my bad things. He feels really lucky to be married to me and he tells me I'm beautiful nonstop. I love that he has a cowboy hat and he looks so good in his cowboy hat. And he knows my favorite thing is when he wears it when he's doing yard work. So he'll put on his work jeans and his work boots and a t-shirt and his cowboy hat And he goes out and does yard work and he's on the four-wheeler and he's moving things around. And I just basically lose my mind, you guys. I can't even, I can't even with that hat. He just looks so good in it. (laughs) Anyway, I just, I love that he's such a hard worker as well. And that he looks sexy in his cowboy hat when he's doing the hard work. (laughs) Okay, he's so funny, you guys. My husband is hilarious and he makes me laugh a ton. And not only does he make me laugh just in general by being funny, but he has like a mission to make me laugh a lot and often at inappropriate times. That's one of his favorites is to be inappropriate and make me laugh at inappropriate times. That's one of his goals in life. I love how my husband plays with kids on their level. He's so good at playing with our kids and he like legit enjoys it. So it's not that he's always in the mood to play with kids, but when he's playing with kids, he is just right in there with them. And it is so fun. And sometimes he takes it so far that he's just like one of my little kids. Sometimes I joke that I have these seven little kids I have to manage because he just joins in with them. Okay, this one I love. And I also think it's a little bit unfair, but he always looks so handsome and it doesn't matter what he's wearing. And I feel like he looks almost the handsomest when he's just wearing like a t-shirt and jeans. I mean, he's smoking hot, you guys. And the reason why I think that's a little bit unfair is when a girl is in a t-shirt and jeans, they look cute and great, but almost like 
we didn't quite get ready that day, you know, and I just think that that's one of his best outfits, but he looks so great in his uniform. He looks so great when he's dressed up really nice. And one thing I kind of love is how bad he is at matching. So he'll often come out of the closet saying, does this work? Because he's just never quite sure what goes together when he's, especially when he's trying to dress more professionally. I love that he is super strong, that he's great at sports, like all sports, you guys, this, this guy is an athlete. And he's also good at not getting hurt, which is a surprising talent. I have been hurt many times in my life, multiple injuries, multiple surgeries, bones broken. He's never, never been injured basically besides, you know, maybe like an ankle roll or, you know, a cut or something, but never a legitimate injury. And he's done a lot of things that you would think would bring on some injury. Like in high school and college, he was on the track team and he pole vaulted. So for those of you who don't know, that's where they use that really long pole, stick it in the ground, fling themselves in the air, you know, 18... 16, 17 feet up in the air over another pole and then come falling down onto this big mat. And so he's just been doing stuff like that his whole life and he just never gets hurt. He's so good at it. I love the way he balances me. He's an introvert. I'm an extrovert. He loves quiet. I love crazy. He's a man of few words and I can't stop talking and we just balance each other so beautifully in those ways. I love how much he deeply loves his country he takes his service in the military very seriously and he is extremely patriotic. I love how tall he is. I'm five foot 10 inches and he is six foot three inches. And it's my favorite thing to have a husband who's five inches taller than me because I'm a pretty tall woman. And I had a boyfriend in college who was my exact same height and it was trouble. I really did not like that. I prefer to be with someone who's taller than me. And I love his hairy arms and his rough hands. I just love how manly like his arms and hands are. I love that Brad loves to have like a bonfire. That's one of his favorite things. And he loves to just sit quietly by the fire. That's that's his favorite activity. Uh, I love that he loves to drive. And I love that he loves being cold. That's one thing. He really prefers colder temperatures. He loves to have our house be cold, our bedroom be cold. He loves to sleep cold. Like he doesn't love his body to be cold, but he loves the air to be cold and then him to be dressed warmly. That's his favorite. Brad has such a great taste in music. And I love that about him because he's always finding new, awesome music for me to listen to. And I just, I love to listen to music, but I don't, I don't explore music like he does. And so I love that I have him to give me that, the fun findings from his exploration into the music world. Brad gives the best foot rubs. And when this was critical in our marriage was through all my pregnancies, because that was just one place that would get really sore for me when I was pregnant. And he is just always willing to do it. And he gives the best foot rubs. And even now that I haven't been pregnant for years, I still just, whenever I ask, oh, can I have a foot rub tonight? You know, absolutely. And he just is, for some reason, so willing to give me foot rubs and he's so good at it. I love how much my husband loves God. I love that he teaches our children about God and about his beliefs and about what's important to him in those regards. He also teaches them in one of the most valuable ways, and that's by his example, by the way he lives his life and by what he prioritizes in his life and shows them what's important to him. I love that Brad is a man of his word and he honors his commitments. 
I love that my husband believes in me. He is so supportive of me in my big dreams. I am a dreamer and a doer. I always tell people I'm like a one and a three. If you've done that personality test of one, two, three, four, I'm yellow and red, pretty equally balanced. So I'm constantly dreaming big and then going out and doing it, which can be, I think can be a little overwhelming for Brad because that's not, he's more of a one, four, I think. So the way I live my life, I think is a little exhausting to him sometimes, but I love it. And I'm so grateful that even when he doesn't always understand my dream or even probably even totally believe that it's possible, he knows that I have that dreamer and doer in me and he just encourages me to go for it. Okay, I love that Brad is great at projects and fixing things. Oh, to have a handy guy around is so amazing. And that's one of the things I really miss when he's gone. Okay, I love that his favorite color is orange. And if it weren't for me, he would paint a lot of things in our life orange. That's It's kind of become a joke now, but he'll like build a shelf in the garage and he'll be like, I think we should paint it orange. <laughs> and I think... I don't think we're going to paint anything orange ever, honey. No, if he really wanted to, I would let him. It's not that I'm actually stopping him, but now it's just kind of our joke. He just kind of threatens to paint everything orange, which is just so funny. I love that Brad loves Christmas. It's his favorite holiday and mine too. And I love how important traditions are to him. And we do some from my childhood, some from his childhood, and we've started new traditions of our own, which is just one of my favorite things. I love that Brad loves babies. He loves babies when they're sleeping and when he just loves to snuggle them. And one of the cutest things that he does is whenever he can tell they're about to sneeze, you know, how they kind of like gear up for a sneeze, take a breath in or whatever. He puts his face really close so that they can sneeze on his face. And I just love that. I can think of him doing that like with every single one of our babies in the hospital. He would just be holding them and he'd be like, they're going to sneeze. And he would stick his face in so that their cute little puff of air that came out from their sneeze would hit his cheek. And I just think that's so sweet. He just loves babies. I love that my husband writes me poems. He's actually really good at poems. And that's actually what I ask for, for all of our celebrations, you know, birthday, anniversary, Christmas, as I say, anytime you're not sure what to get me, just write me a love letter. It's my favorite, honestly. And I have so many sweet ones from him and they often include poems and I love his poems. I love that Brad teaches our kids how to work. I love that Brad thanks me for what I do and he has a ton of respect for my responsibilities. Whenever I'm out of town and he has to take over being mom and dad, which, you know, hasn't happened a ton in our marriage, but it's happening more and more lately as, you know, we're done having kids and I'm doing lots of different things with my coaching. I'm traveling more. We have these flight benefits. So we travel more because we fly free with SkyWest. And now that our, you know, our youngest is almost three. So we're really just entering this phase of some more flexibility with me being away. And whenever he has to do my job for a couple of days, he just almost bows down to me when I get home. He's like, oh my goodness, I can't believe how much you handle and how much you have to get done every day and how you juggle this whole circus, you know, and he he does it in just a way of being very grateful that I'm willing to do it most of the time. So one of my favorite date nights is to go to the movie theater and Brad really does not prefer the movie theater. He's okay with it, but I love it. And so he takes me to the movie theater a lot for our date nights because he knows it's my favorite. Okay. And the last one is that he loves my family. 
and I love my family. So this one was always really important to me that he loved and respected my family and that they were important to him too. And I love and respect his family and they're like family to me. We both have good relationships with our in-laws and we've worked at that. You know, we've worked to make it that way because he loves his family and particularly has so much love and respect for his parents. And I really admire that in him. And so I've made sure to have a good relationship with his parents and he's made sure to have a great relationship with my parents so much that I'm pretty sure I've talked about this on the podcast, but I'll tell it to you guys really quickly. For those of you that don't know, we actually live in this house right now that we're living in with my parents. So four years ago, we were ready to move and we were pregnant with our fifth and we were just really crowded in our current house and knew we wanted to, within the next couple of years, move into a little bit bigger home so that our family could grow into it. And my parents heard that we were house hunting and at the time they were living up in Oregon and they, they're they getting older. They're not old yet, but they're getting there and they, you know they don't need help yet, but that's, you know, 10 years away, five, 10 years away that they might be needing some help. And so they heard that we were house hunting and I'm really, I'm their favorite daughter. So let's just go there. And we've talked about how I'm the one that will care for them as they get older. And they have each had experiences caring for their parents as they got older. And they wanted to really intentionally set up that scenario because in both of the situations where my parents have cared for their parents, it's been challenging and pretty disruptive on their lives. They have to move to where the person is to be able to live with them and take care of them, even just on a temporary basis. And so they wanted to more intentionally create the scenario for when they got older and needed care. So they proposed this idea to us one day saying, what if we buy a house together? And that way, you know, five, 10 years from now, when we are needing more help, we just already live together. And it's easy, easy for you to, you know, for for me as their daughter to, you know, drive them to the doctor or, you know, just be checking in on them or just whatever they need. And we were just open to the idea and I, you know, I presented it to Brad and my parents were like, oh, make sure Brad's okay with it. Cause you know, not, there's not a lot of people who want to live with their in-laws truly, but this is where it really has come in handy that we both really love our in-laws and have a good relationship with them already. The relationship was already there when this idea was presented between Brad and my parents. So it was actually an easy yes for him to say. And so we did a bunch of house hunting. We, we wanted to make sure we found a house that was big enough that we would each have our own space we found this house, the, again, house of our dreams, that we love so much. And it has a wonderful like basement apartment that is a complete walkout basement. And that's where my parents live. And then we live on the main floor and upstairs. And we have complete separation so we can live our own lives, yet we're connected so that we can be involved in each other's lives. And we all have enough space and it's just working out so well. It's really been amazing. We love living with them. And I'm so grateful that my husband was on board with that idea and supportive of my family and how that all goes. So that is my love brainstorm on Brad. And right now where he's away and I'm missing him, it feels so good to just brainstorm love about him, to practice loving my husband. And one thing that you may find after having listened to me say all these amazing things about my husband is you might catch yourself having some sneaky little thoughts like, oh, well, of course she loves her husband. He's amazing, right? Or, well, she just got lucky. You know, if you're struggling with your spouse, you might think, oh, well, she doesn't deal with this, you know, whatever it is that you're dealing with. But here's what I want to point out. It's because of the way that I just spent all that time intentionally thinking about and talking about amazing things about him, bragging about him and loving on him and focusing. I intentionally focused on all the best parts about him, that that's why you are currently believing she has 
she lucked out. She got lucky. She has this amazing husband. Because I could spend an equal amount of time telling you all the things that are challenging about him and, and the things that, you know, I wish were different, the things that drive me crazy, you know? We all have 50-50. We all have both sides. But if I don't intentionally do it, I focus more on that negative 50%. And so I do the work, particularly when I'm missing him and particularly when I am, when he's driving me crazy. I intentionally do the work to bring up that other 50%. The 50% amazing. I bring it right to the front of my mind. I spend lots of time thinking about it. And I just practice adoring my husband. And it feels so good because you know what's more fun than your husband driving you crazy? is adoring him. It is so much more fun, you guys. So I just challenge you all to do that. And that's actually your mission for the episode. But before we close this episode, I have just a couple more things to share with you. So this is a little bit of an in the trenches moment. I went to a live event that Jody Moore put on. She's my coach. And it was last fall that I went. And during this event, you, you could just raise your hand to get coaching. And there was you know hundreds of women there, probably like two or 300 women in this room in a hotel. And Jody spoke and then she kind of opened it up for coaching. So you would just raise your hand. They'd bring you a microphone and we, we took turns getting coaching. So I decided I wanted to get coached because I love, I love getting coached by Jody and I get coached within her program. But it was so fun to get coached live and in front of people rather than, I mean, it is live within a program, but it's over the computer. So that's what I mean, in person. And you kind of have to just get over that hundreds of people are listening to you because there's so much value in getting coached. Oh my goodness. It was so, so fun. And I've been coached by her a couple of times at events and then a bunch in within her program. Okay. So the reason I wanted to get coached that day was because that morning when I was getting ready to go, I was talking to Brad and I'm getting ready to go. And he says, you know, and I'm starting to tell him all the things that he needs to remember and do that day with the kids. And and he goes, wait a minute, where are you going? And I said, honey, I'm going to be gone today and tomorrow. It was a two day event, but I came home at night and because it was local to me. And I had told him, you know, a few different times throughout the last couple of weeks that this was coming. Wanted to make sure he was aware and I knew he was going to be home from work. And he just had other plans. He didn't, he forgot that I was leaving or he hadn't listened or something. I don't know. He didn't know I was leaving. So he was disappointed and annoyed that I was leaving because it meant he had to change his whole day around. You know, and I don't, I don't feel too bad for him. He's totally fine. His fault for not listening. But he was annoyed with me and I was annoyed with him. He was annoyed with me that I was leaving and I was annoyed with him that he didn't remember that I was leaving. You know, I try to be organized. I try to be prepared and keep him in the loop. And he just forgets to listen to me sometimes. So I decided I want to get coached because I couldn't believe how much I thought about that throughout my day. I'm trying to be at this event, totally in the moment. And it just kept coming up in my mind. I can't believe he's annoyed that I'm here. I can't believe he didn't remember that I was leaving. I can't believe that he didn't listen to me when I talked. And it would just come up and come up. And I was just annoyed at him all throughout the day. And it would, you know, it would go away for a little bit and then it would just crop back up. And I really didn't want those thoughts to be like tainting my experience because I just wanted to really enjoy myself and be in the moment. So I thought, okay, I'm going to get coached about this live and I want to hear what Jody has to say. So I raise my hand, I get a microphone and I lay it out for her, tell her, you know, do my thought download, do my brain dump. And she didn't write out a model with me. Sometimes she does, sometimes she doesn't in those live events and in that live coaching, we just talked about, you know, husbands and she talked to me about how that concept of he's annoyed with me and now I'm annoyed with him, which is totally optional. And I can't even put that he's annoyed with me in the C line. We know that. So we we didn't, we didn't write out a model, but we did sort of talk about a couple of my models going on. And so in the C line, all I can do is put what he said. And then I was thinking, that's so annoying that he's annoyed with me, right? And then I'm 
feeling annoyed. <laughs> and then I take action from there and my result is that it's affecting my day and uh, all of that, which is all optional, right? It's okay that I'm annoyed, but I don't, I didn't want to be annoyed. I wanted to change my model, but I was pretty stuck in it. So after I got clear on my model and, and all of that, we talked about how one really powerful thought in moments like that is, because I, I thought the secret to me not being annoyed is if he would stop being annoyed. So that was my solution and my lower brain was coming up with. I wanted him to change. Of course, that's what our lower brain offers us. So I wanted him to be excited to stay home with our kids and change his plans and um, just be me for a couple of days. I wanted him to not be annoyed that he was having to do that. I wanted him to never forget you know, plans we've made. I wanted him to always listen when I talk. And then I would have permission to not be annoyed because if he did those things and he wouldn't be annoyed that I was away. And then I would have permission to not be annoyed that he was annoyed. And so a really powerful sentence in those moments, because all of that relies on him changing, right? So a powerful sentence is he can be annoyed and I don't have to be. And that sentence, it seems simple, but you just use that, replace the word annoyed with anything that someone around you is feeling that you're suddenly mirroring in them. If you notice that they're angry and now you're angry, they're sad and now you're sad, they're resentful and now you're resentful, they're, you know, whatever it is, you can just say out that sentence like they can be frustrated and I don't have to be. It's, it's, you give yourself permission to feel differently and they don't have to change. They don't have to stop feeling that way for you to then stop feeling that way. There's so much power in that. And I'd heard that before, but it was really powerful to hear it from Jodi in that moment as she was coaching me. Okay, and then this is the funny part. So her final advice to me was, and she says this is what she uses in her marriage whenever she's noticing that she wants her husband to change in five different ways in that moment, right? That will make up this little list. If they just wouldn't do this, 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 and this, then I would get to have the experience I wanted to have, right? If we want them to suddenly just be very different <laughs> than they are. She thinks this thought to herself, and it's a little bit silly, but sometimes the silly ones are the easiest for us to pull up in that moment to kind of snap us out of this lower brain fog we're in. So her husband's name is Jake. And she said, when I find myself in that kind of situation where I'm having those kinds of thoughts, I just say to myself lovingly, gently, like I want Jake to be the jakiest Jake of all the Jakes. <laughs> so this is, that's the silly part. So she said, so you could say that to yourself. I want Brad to just be the brattiest Brad of all the Brads. And what that means is we lean into them changing nothing about themselves. It snaps us out of this little lower brain fog of us thinking they need to be way different for us to feel the way we want to feel. We just lean into them staying exactly the same and then us creating how we want to feel. And it's just a silly little thought I wanted to offer you guys that I have used so many times since she said that to me. And the final part of the story that's so funny is right after we, we were just kind of at the end of our coaching and she was, you know, within a minute, whatever, she was going to move on to someone else. But she looks up behind me and said, oh, there he is. And my brain went, oh, Brad's here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, which is so funny because that's super unlikely that Brad would be at this event. But that was what my brain thought. And I panicked a little bit. Not that all of what I said about him and out loud to this group, I actually went home that night and told him that I got coached about what happened and what we, well, you know, the, our little argument and his annoyance and my annoyance. And I, I told him about the whole thing. I told him the brattiest Brad of all the Brads. And he just went, yes, I get to just be me. It's so great. Anyway, um, so her husband walked in the room and that's why she looked up and said, oh, there he is. Like Jake walked in the room at that moment and my brain just panicked because I thought she meant my husband was standing behind me. <laughs> 
Anyway, such a funny thing. And I love Jodi Moore and she's amazing. And you should go listen to her podcast too. Hers is called Better Than Happy. And it's a great one. She's incredible. Okay, two more things before we wrap up this episode. So I thought this would be a good little note to include in the husband episode because I talk to my girls a lot about who they're looking for in their future dating partners and and spouses. And the rule we have in our family are no bozos can't date a bozo. Can't date a bozo, you can't marry a bozo. And if you don't date one, you won't marry one. So the way we define bozos are two things. Or sorry, the way we define non-bozos, like that's funny, there's not really a word for that, but this is what they have to have and that's how you know they're not a bozo, is that they have to be hard workers who love God. Those are our only two requirements because a lot of times you'll get caught up in other smaller things that can feel really important, but truly... Um, truly you can be very happy in a marriage even when those smaller things aren't necessarily present. But if he's a hard worker, then he'll step up in all the right ways he needs to step up. He'll take care of his family. He'll provide for his family. He'll finish things. You know, there's a lot that comes with being a good hard worker and having a strong work ethic. And then if he loves God and he's put God first in his life, in my opinion, then you can know that he treats himself right, that he'll treat his spouse right, because he, he, he sees himself and the people around him through God's eyes. That's always my goal when I focus on my relationship with God as I am able to seek to love the people around me and see them the way God sees them. And that really helps me show up as the person I want to show up as. So those are our two non-bozo rules, love God and work hard. If they've got those two components going really strong in them, there's going to be other awesome things about them and other really hard things about them. And that's what it is with every human being on the planet. And I talk about how getting married to someone is, you know, taking two adults and smashing your lives together and making it work, which is hard and a lot of work. It's a lot of fun and a lot of work. And one thing that we're doing when we get married is we're agreeing to put up with each other's nonsense, basically. We're saying, I'm amazing and I have nonsense and you're amazing and you have nonsense. And I love your amazing and I'm willing to put up with your nonsense and you love my amazing and you're willing to put up with my nonsense. So let's, let's smash our lives together. Let's do this. So hopefully that's given my girls a really realistic perspective on what they're looking for in their future mate and my son as well, obviously. And another thing that I talked to him about that's really important is that they'd be a non-bozo. They're looking for a non-bozo and they need to be a non-bozo. So they're, they're developing those qualities in themselves. Okay, one more funny story. My husband and I have great days in our marriage and really hard days in our marriage. That's that's normal. That's what we deal with. And uh, our little inside joke that we have on our hard days in our marriage comes from the silly movie. It's Madagascar. And I think it's the third one. Uh, It's one that my kids were in love with when they were little. And we watched it a lot. And at the end, like a penguin marries a doll or something. And someone performs the wedding ceremony. And at the end, uh, at the ceremony, he says, for better or for worse. And the penguin says, for better, please. As if there's this choice that you get to pick. Okay, you're going to get married and you get to choose right now for better or for worse. And he went, well, of course, you're like, for better, please. I choose for better, please. And it's so funny because we know that when we're getting married, we're choosing for better and for worse. That's what that that's what that line means is that you're you're taking both. You're willing to do both the for better parts and the for worse parts. And so we say that to each other when we're having one of those for worse days or for worse uh, moments in our lives, in our marriage. And it just reminds us both that nothing has gone wrong. It kind of makes us smile. It helps us just kind of let go of that day or that moment or the, you know, that phase and just call it for what it is. This is just one of the for worse parts of our marriage and that's okay. There's so many for better parts 
And sometimes there's just for worse parts. It's totally fine. So we say that to each other for better, please. When one of us is being awful or whatever, we just, when we're fighting, whatever it is, we just say, this is a for worse day. Okay. So your mission for this episode is to brainstorm love for your spouse. I don't care if he's home or away. I just want you to try this out. It's so much fun. And honestly, the more specific you get, the better. The little things can be so fun. And if you just start a list, like you can sit down and do it in one sitting. I like to do it over a couple of days and just add to my list as I go because things will come up. Once I task my brain to think about it, things will come up as you're just moving through your day. So that's what I would encourage you is just start a list and go for a few days just adding to it and writing down every little thing you can think of of all the ways that you just completely adore your husband. And it's it's such a fun gift you give yourself and they will enjoy the fruits of it as well because you'll have all of that just eat more easily in your attention. Okay, we're gonna close this episode with a hot mess moment. I know I've told a lot of stories this episode already, but stories are my favorite. So this one's a quick one. Several episodes ago, maybe 10 or 15 episodes ago, I did an episode with Zach Spafford and we talked about buffering. And when we were communicating before our scheduled time to talk and record, I was, it was the morning that we were going to be doing it. And I had asked him a couple questions the night before of, you know, should we, do you want to record it or should I, you know, just a few little logistical questions in a, in a text. Actually, I think it was a Facebook message the night before. And the next morning I still hadn't heard back from him and I wanted to nail down some of those details before we actually got on the call. And so I checked my messages and I still hadn't heard back from him. I checked on my watch because I was just getting ready. And so I just wanted to message him again because I knew he'd probably, he'd seen it, but he hadn't replied and he'd probably just forgotten to reply or whatever. So I thought I'll just send him another message so that he will remember to reply. And so I go to use voice on my watch through Facebook Messenger and I say thoughts question mark to be like you know thoughts on what I asked you last night and my watch I look at it after I say thoughts and it says farts question mark f-a-r-t-s farts with a question mark and sends it right away and I went what oh my goodness so without going like this is what I should have done is stopped right then and gone and gotten my phone but I didn't I tried to fix it really fast still with my watch still using voice text so I panic and I I go to send another message and I say, sorry, that was supposed to say thoughts. But my watch heard me say, sorry, that was supposed to say farts. So it just heard the same word again and sent right away. Like you don't have to push send, it just goes. So now I'm really freaking out. I mean, I know that he's just going to think it's funny, but I'm still just like, oh my goodness, what is happening? So I go to send a third text and I say, not farts, thoughts. And it said, not farts, fox. Like it just, it just could not get that word thoughts. After three messages going really poorly over voice text, I finally stopped and went and got my phone and typed out exactly what I wanted to say. And his his reply to the whole thing, my like four or five messages right in a row, all nonsense, was that was awesome, period. <laughs> I thought that was so good. He just loved witnessing that, my meltdown. Okay, that's what I have for you guys today. So are you ready to take what you are learning here to the next level? Then join me for resiliency training. This is my monthly coaching program that includes a private coaching session with me each month, along with weekly content and individual email support. Start anytime for just $100 a month and continue at that rate as desired with no obligation. We can all use a little help sometimes to get through the difficulties of military life, and that's exactly the boost this program will give you. Sign up on my website, simplyresilient.net. I can't wait to work with you.